Hello and welcome to The Better Business Show with me, Tom Idle. Thanks for tuning in. Coming up this week. Thinking like a toddler has helped us be creative, be tenacious and and understand our, our core consumer, who is a toddler, um, better. And that has given us an edge that coupled with a mission that we know why we're in this business, not what we're in this business for, but why we're in this business has allowed us to innovate constantly. Yes, we're with the brilliant Paul Lindley this week, founder of organic baby food business, Ella's Kitchen. Stay tuned. Yes, hello, welcome back. This is episode 52 of The Better Business Show. Uh, very much appreciate you coming back to us and tuning in. Thanks for being there. And it's lovely to have you back with us for another cracking story of sustainable, resilient, efficient, passion-driven, successful, mission-driven business. And coming up this week, we've got the brilliant Ella's Kitchen, uh, a staple of the supermarket shelves for more than a decade now, delivering not only great food for your kids, uh, but doing it with real purpose and real style. I had a chat with the founder of the business, Paul Lindley, this week to find out more. So that's coming up very shortly. Before we get into that, though, a small, very, very short piece of housekeeping. If you're coming to us for the first time, and we know that we grab more and more of you listeners every week as we delve into a new business or a new idea or a new theme, uh, if that is the case, then please don't forget there's plenty more where this came from. Just head over to the website, betterbusiness.show, uh, and there you will find a whole host of previous episodes. I'm sure there's plenty of other stories you might like from our roster of past episodes in our growing catalogue, uh, so do check those out. Uh, and before we get started, I just want to give a quick shout out to a couple of listeners this week. First, hello to Ian Welsh and all the team at Innovation Forum. If you're working for a company looking to get to grips with supply chain issues, uh, whether it's deforestation or human rights or modern slavery, loads of huge issues, complex issues to get you, get your head around. Um, and well, you, you can't really go wrong with what the guys at Innovation Forum are doing. Some great insights and events they, they stage in all corners of the globe. So well worth checking out their website, Innovation forum.co.uk if you want to have a look at that uh, and also a huge shout out to one of our newest and most loyal of listeners hello to the brilliant emma barsdale tuning in from the isle of wight here in the uk lovely to have you with us once again this week anyway right let's get on with the show the organic baby food market has exploded and it's about to explode even further while the global market is expected to account for $5.6 billion by 2020, representing an annual growth rate of around 10%, the market in the so-called BRIC countries, Brazil, Russia, India and China, is projected to reach $3.5 billion, a growth rate of a staggering almost 20% between now and the end of the decade. And that's because of a number of factors, including rapid urbanisation, rising parental concern to feed kids with healthy and chemical-free products, health awareness programmes run by regional governments, and a real emphasis on natural nourishment. In the BRIC countries, the market is being fuelled by an increase in working mothers, a boost in organic commodities being produced there, and government subsidies helping to support what still constitutes a fairly immature segment of the food market. For centuries, a band of parents have pored over the labels of supermarket products, obsessively looking to give their kids the very best. And why not? 
Right here, right now, that band of parents is now a giant flock of more informed, conscious, ethically minded mums and dads and carers who not only want great tasty products for their kids, but are looking for help, support and inspiration to make healthy eating the normal in a world saturated by high sugar, high salt and high fat kids foods. Ella's Kitchen is one of an incredibly strong growing market of organic, ethically sourced and healthy kids foods taking the supermarket shelves by storm. Founded by Paul Lindley back in 2006 and named after his firstborn, the business has not only worked hard to create good food that parents will keep reaching to put into their trolleys every week, but it has done so with a passionate belief in promoting healthy eating and giving mums and dads the tools to make the best choices for their children. I caught up with Paul this week, who, having sold the business three years ago, is now chairman and guardian of the mission, to find out more about Ella's Kitchen and how he's taken this business from tiny startup and turned it into a global phenomenon. I mean, I usually start by asking our guests to kind of give us a pitch for, for the, you know, their business to explain a bit more about what it is. And with Ella's Kitchen, there's, I guess, certainly less need to do that. Many of our listeners will be familiar with the brand and will have seen it in supermarkets. Mm. But maybe let's start. Give us a quick refresher, Paul, about Ella's Kitchen in a nutshell. Ella's Kitchen is a brand of uh, organic baby food that really has disrupted and revolutionized the baby food industry. It's gone from a, a startup 11 years ago to the biggest baby food brand in the UK and in 40 countries around the world. And we've gained the trust of our consumers because we've looked at everything through a child's eyes um, and we've sought to stimulate all of the senses. And our mission is really simply to try and improve children's lives by developing healthier relationships with food. Some of that is through products, we've got books, and we use our influence and credibility to try and change public policy. Right, okay, we'll, 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 go, we'll dig into a bit of that as we, as we go along. But um, when I first met you, Paul, we were at a roundtable event that I was working with Coca-Cola and, and Honest Tea on. We had a brief chat, and you gave me your business card, which I remember looking at your business card on the train home and having a, a chuckle about your job title. You're not the founder of, of Ella's yeah. Kitchen, it just says Ella's dad. And I thought it was that, brilliant. And I thought for me, that just says so much about the culture of the business. It, you know, you're having some fun with what you're doing, aren't you? Well, exactly. And you know, if that's the way I think of myself, my most important job in my life is not really my business. It's being a father to my two children. Um, and um, it's very easy to compartmentalize ourselves in our lives to being I'm Paul Lindley, the businessman, or I'm Paul Lindley, the son or the father or the guy that sports this charity or votes this way or gets involved in his kids school things in this way. And actually, I'm the same person through all of that. And um, I think that sort of point goes to the heart of sort of the culture of Ella's Kitchen, but sort of my philosophy on business, too, really. And that's that business isn't really about money at all. Um, money comes through um, it being about people and engaging people and motivating people, motivating people to work for you, motivating people to invest in you and to buy from you. And if you get that, you understand those motivations by understanding the people themselves rather than the employee number or the consumer X or the consumer demographic group, yeah. then you will um, then you'll win. And so, you know, that's the philosophy of business. Also within our culture at Ella's Kitchen, one of our huge values is about being childlike and having alternative sort of job titles to your mainstream sales director, marketing director, finance director type stuff um, is part of the lexicon of our sort of language 
that is about that that just fits in about being childlike which resonates with everything that we try and do so if you if you try and be consistent in your approach across every touch point of your business um then it fits together better and being childlike is something that we try and put through everything from the way we think about our products to the way we recruit our people and everything in between i love that i love that uh, so take us back i mean obviously you, you founded the business back in 2006 so just over 10 years ago but take us right back i mean at some point this must have been a you know a germ of a, an idea what, what happened because you're, you're an accountant you're by trade yeah, I was you? an accountant and you know those skills have proved invaluable as an entrepreneur starting up a business when suddenly it's my money i'm accounting for and paying tax on and <laughs> uh, working out the vat return for um but uh, I think two things really um, came together in my life at the same time uh, that, that germinated the seed of an idea that I'd had. Um, the first was in my professional life. Uh, I, I was an accountant, but after leaving KPMG, I went to work for Nickelodeon and I was there for almost 10 years. And I, I started off as the financial controller, but at the end of the time, I was the deputy managing director. And what I learned over those 10 years was so much about um, kids and kids' development and how they relate to each other, how they relate to their parents, how they relate to brands, Um, you know, went to so many sort of focus groups and and developmental groups and things. And um, I got to clearly see over that time that we as a society have a huge problem um, with our kids' health, um, the, a third of, of kids are overweight and about 20% are obese and it, it's getting worse. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was working for a television channel that was seen as part of the problem in many ways. Kids were either watching ads for bad yeah. stuff or they were not doing exercise. So it was forefront of my mind. I knew we were doing positive things um, about using the medium of, of our channel to um, encourage more exercise and, and, and healthier food. But Um, I was aware of those statistics. So Mm. at the same time then in my personal life, I had my first baby, um, Ella, and, uh, you know, went through the whole parenting challenges of uh, of, uh, helping her wean uh, and and, and try foods and the challenges and frustrations around that. And um, I used silliness and mess and games and fun to try and get her to eat different types of food when when she was uh you know around about a year or just under a year old and i found that 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 you know if you made food fun then they she would eat it and i was thinking okay if you overlap that with what i'm learning at work is that we've got a problem if someone could create a brand of food that was that was about fun and that was about healthiness and convenience as well then you know the kids would love it if it stimulated all of their senses and they found it fun and Mm -hmm. if it happened be healthy from their point of view then you'd get you know a better relationship with food from the very youngest age and we might be able to change some of those huge statistics that that are are a problem for our society so that's that was the real challenge and i just thought i think there's a business there i think that i can use that business to create a social dividend and a social good of 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 improving children's lives and, and developing healthy relationships with food which has become our mission um and uh you know, gave up my job and thought, let's have a crack at this because I'd regret it more by having the idea and not following it through um, than doing it and it being a failure in some way. Um, mm, mm. And uh, I, think, I thought I would regret that less. 
and and that original mission really comes through in in the brand i think you know it's it's obvious that you're as much about creating great products as you are about educating and supporting parents as they go through those difficult sort of early stages uh, and because everything's so stressful when you you first have a child I mean, my my little one's now six so i've been through that kind of that period myself but and all you want to do is the right thing by your kids and you want to give them the very best but 10 years on do you kind of feel that weight of responsibility whereby parents are really looking to companies like yours for advice and information yeah, i support? think it is a responsibility that is probably a good word you know it's uh, it's a privilege um uh, to be in a position where um we have the trust and the credibility built up over uh, 10 years to um that that people believe that a we've got fantastic products that are relevant for their lives and what they need at the right price at the right place and the right time but also that the the mission behind the ethics behind our business is nothing about let's make as much money as we can in the shorter term as possible that we can we use the money that we make and profitability is vitally important to try and fulfill our mission so that we can try and influence public policy and, and the government that we can use our social media and our database to uh, widen awareness of good food and choices and, and, and ideas with our, with our consumers and try and work with our retail partners who are the gateway to reaching the consumers to try and help them see their responsibilities and their opportunities to help. So it, it is a responsible position, but by taking that responsibility seriously, I think we build the trust in our brand and the authenticity and the belief that we are doing the right thing. And that helps us over this last 10 years, gone from this little startup with a sort of a revolutionary idea about how baby food should be packaged and, 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 and the ingredients to being the, um, the, the biggest baby food brand in the UK, to, to, to be the, one, the only one that's in, in, in proper growth and yeah. to be in 40 countries around the world. All of that is due to fantastic products, but it's also those fantastic products come around because we've got a mission that our staff believe in, our team um, strives for every day, and our consumers believe is beyond just the profits that we're seeking to make. Yeah, yeah. So, so tell us about uh, the kind of structure of the business and, and where do you make your products and, and how many people are involved in the business? What, what, what does it look like right yeah. now? So our business uh, has grown from nothing to, to over a $100 million turnover in those 10 years. Um, three years ago, I sold the business to uh, a, a public company that invests in, um, that has uh, over 40 uh, health and wellness f- food brands um, and, and personal care brands. So uh, it's found a great home. I'm still involved as chairman and, and as founder and as sort of uh, guardian of the mission in some ways. Um, and uh, it's uh, our headquarters are in beautiful barns in Oxfordshire where we have 70 or so people. Um, we outsource our production um, of our foods uh, to our recipes um, to trusted partners, and they are around uh, Europe. Uh, we have a subsidiary in, in the US, and we have uh, production over there for the US market. Um, and uh, it's uh, a culture that I think is pretty unique it, uh, because we've got a set of five values that everything runs through. Uh, those five values, I'm sure some of those values other companies have, but the mixture of those five will be unique to us. And we're really serious about 
ensuring that they run through everything that we do so that every person that works with us understands what their function of their role is, understands how their role fits into the overall mission of uh, our company and how they're influencing that mission and how we translate their work through the values that we expect them to work under to, to you know, have outcomes from, from our mission. And, um, you know, as I sort of said at the beginning of our chat, uh, it shows that business, successful business is around people. The money comes when you get people motivated and understanding what they're doing. You get the trust of your consumer when, when your team, you know, delivers on your mission. Yeah, and and on that point, that must have made the kind of the the decision to sell the business that much harder for you, was it? Yes, it's a huge decision for anybody. Um, you know, you you know, you're giving up your baby, and you know, we're about baby food, and my daughter's on the name of our uh, yeah, brand. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, it's a business that we wanted to grow. We have an unfortunate finished uh, mission we had unfinished uh targets um and i you know the decision for me was led by uh opportunities in the u.s and for um better uh, global footprint we were already in the u.s but we had some huge opportunities um through uh through through selling to uh, a u.s company um but the, the three things really that drove me in selection of a partner and then being comfortable that the partner was the right people to protect our values and our mission mm. was really all around the word value, actually. Um, it, 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 I was looking for a partner that understood our values and I felt would protect them and actually had similar values in their own company. I was looking for a company that ha- appreciated the value that our acquisition would bring to their business and therefore were prepared to pay the right amount of money um, and also that could add value to our business uh, would be that through you know the supply chain and opportunities there or access to new markets uh, and and growth um, and Haynes Celestial Group um, who I sold to had all of that past all of those things mm. I going back to people I really trusted and believed in and understood where uh, the, the, their founder and their CEO, same person, um, was coming from. And three years later, have not had one single regret, uh, sold to the right people at the right time, and have had a fantastic succession um, program where our new managing director, uh, who was internally appointed uh, uh, and grown, you know, feels the brand like I do, and I'm chairman, and I am happy not to be a backseat driver because I see that the company is going... Uh, towards our mission as it would have done in fact accelerated as, as i could have done it at, at this stage uh, yeah. as executive yeah and, and that scaling up and the success you've had over the last 10 years no doubt you know linked to the kind of the social mission and your and your customers and stakeholders really sort of buying into that but i guess you know the, the product is everything uh, as well and I, I wonder how that's evolved over the years i mean you, you've got no additives in there you've got no added sugar or yeah. salt or, or, or yeah. e-numbers or anything. I mean, how, do you, how do you still make those products taste really good? I mean, it's something that many of the big food companies are grappling with right now, yeah. isn't it? I mean, how do you reduce salt and sugar but still have a great product? Well, I, what I is the say, answer to that? Yeah, I would, say, um, I would say that product is 
everything to an extent, but product is what our values have allowed our product to become. Okay, so we, yeah. from the beginning, have had a, a, a very strict nutritional um, Bible guidelines um, of uh, where we, what we will put in our products and what we won't. Um, we strive to be um, yeah. the best in, in class, if you like, and we are. Um, and so, so that, that underpins everything. And then a mentality of innovation and a, a mentality of putting ourselves in the consumer's um, uh, shoes and um, thinking um, like a family, um, as though we're a family, as, as many of us are with small children, um, and what's needed in, in their lives. And then, um, you know, innovating and mixing weird things together and trying to find alternatives to, uh, you know, sweetness and sugar um, with uh, uh, spices and alternatives and trying to reduce the, 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 the sugar levels and uh, add variety um, throughout. And it's hard. Um, yeah. But everyone yeah. would be doing it if it was easy. Course, um, yeah. So we thrive on that that uh, difficulty. But um, you know, what, uh, one of our core values is about being childlike, and and I think like thinking like a toddler has helped us be creative, be tenacious, and and understand our our core consumer, who is a toddler, um, better. And that has given us an edge that coupled with a mission that we know why we're in this business, not what we're in this business for, but why we're in this business has allowed us to um, innovate constantly and to yeah. um, take risks. And, uh, you know, most of them have paid off, not all of them, but um, and uh, we continue to be in double digit growth and we continue to be the market leader and we continue to be trusted by our consumers because the products that we deliver work for them and yeah. the values that we have resonate with them. Uh, I love this this idea about be more toddler in the workplace because obviously some to- toddlers are kind of gung-ho and will, will try things, but others need a bit of encouragement to do so. And I guess it's getting that balance right to kind of stimulate innovation in the business, isn't it? Well, yes, and... Um, as I say, it's one of our values. It's something that I absolutely believe in. In fact, I've got a, a book coming out at the beginning of April uh, called Little Wins, which is all about the huge power of thinking like a toddler for us as adults, whether we be entrepreneurs trying to grow a business, whether we be employees in a business trying to work out how we can be better at our job or from a corporate point of view, how our companies can be better and more teamwork and more uh, innovation and things like that. Or whether we be sort of students looking for a job or someone midlife changing a job or someone returning to work. Um, This whole idea that if we look through the lens of a toddler who we once all were, so it's not somebody else's eyes, it's our own eyes, um, then we will see the world in a little bit of a different way. And we can take the inspiration that toddlers being more creative and more tenacious and more collaborative and more honest um, and a thousand other things that that will just help spark innovation or help just look at things in a slightly different way. And we need to do that if we're in a competitive market within our business. If we're uh, an entrepreneur trying to grow a business, you have to be different. You have to find a USP. Or simply in our society, where all the terrible problems that we've got, you know, the good news is they're fundamentally man-made and we can find solutions. Man can find solutions to them, but we have to think differently. Um, so really, 
you know, a little bit simpler thinking as uh, uh, through those toddler eyes, I think is the core of the success to the business that I created and is thriving so well now in Ella's Kitchen, mm. but also, you know, to be more um, part of um, a wider, you know, personal development journey that we're all on. Um, and uh, I hope it's a successful book, but I think it's, it's, it's a very relevant and of our time book. Yeah, no, it sounds great. I, one, one element I'm just thinking about that, that does need some creative thinking and solutions is, is in the area of waste, which I know that, you know, you're, you're working on with sure. your, is it Ella scheme, that, Ella cycle scheme. That Ella cycle, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, not, not an easy one. I mean, something that, you know, companies like Nespresso have been struggling with for a long time, yeah. you know, recycling materials, but without that kind of collection infrastructure, it's really hard, well, isn't I think, it? I think, uh, you know, it's... It's relevant to admit and um, to be honest that if we do anything as a business, there's a there's um, a uh, a set of act- reactions that happen because we, we, because you exist and you're doing something. There are positive things that come out of that, and there are things that can be negative. And your job is to maximize the positives and minimize the negatives, but you've got to recognize the negatives. And we create packaging, and we harvest food, and not every um, gram of food is used and not every um, piece of packaging is uh, is used or is ultimately recycled and our job is to minimize the impact of that and to constantly use the um, uh, credibility the influence the, the 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 strength that we have to uh, influence our supply chain and to help creative thinking as to what can be done so um you know, our primary aim is to improve children's lives, develop healthier relationships with food. It's it's uh, it's all around health of children. Our responsibility as a business is to ESG type stuff, the environmental and social impact that we've got. So mm-hmm. it's to pay people through our supply chain, you know, uh, the, the, a decent wage and uh, a living wage and, and, and um, help their lives and to help the environment or ha- recognize the impact that any business has on its environment to minimize um, that so uh, we have this pro- pro- program called Ella Cycle. It's about upcycling um, and recycling our uh, waste packaging. Um, we have, from when we were 20 or so people as a small company, uh, we had a head of giving stuff back, who was my wife at the time, and started <laughs> a team there about thinking the, of the impacts um, of our wide business, wider business. We've worked with groups like Forum for, for the Future, with TerraCycle, uh, with government agencies uh, to, uh, to work with our supply chain to, to minimize the impact of our um, packaging and to innovate and try and uh, you know, think of new ways of, of, of doing things. I mean, one of the things I was going to say, I mean, obviously you've worked hard to initiate this this kind of culture and see that through. Uh, you say you have no regrets about selling out uh, to, to, to the Hain Group. Uh, I, I wonder whether there's anything you would do differently should you now start the business again if you were, you know, 10 years back and, and looking at doing it all again. What, what would you do differently, do you think? Sure, I think... You know, you learn more from your mistakes than you do from things that go right in, in many ways. Um, I had the double-edged sword of being, you know, an accountant and then really being a marketeer by experience through through Nickelodeon. And I, so it was a kind of a bit of a jack of all trades. So I certainly, for too long, uh, tried to scale up on just me. It was 18 months I was the only person in the company, and then and then grew from from, from there. But I think. 
you know, I took too much on and I was doing things that I was less skilled at because I could do it, but that was at the expense of not doing things that I was more skilled at and more passionate about. Yeah. Um, so um, I think uh, 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 I was blessed with a, a wide skill set, but I was cursed with a wide skill set. And I, I uh, so I didn't, uh, and I, as our company grew and as my, I can see as I look back now, you know, it's all about people. It's all about team and bringing a diversity of your team skill sets in with a united mindset is uh, is really really important. Um, we we at times have tried to do too much too quickly, um, and um, I think that's probably a common entrepreneur's uh, challenge. Um, so focus um, has been uh, and a, a sort of an appreciation of time scale um, has been uh, you know getting that balance between you know not almost burning people out, sort of uh, causing stress, unnecessary stress by trying to do too much too quickly against the satisfaction of being challenged and taking risks and, and doing new things. And But as I say, luckily, or, you know, with good fortune, we had our mission really clearly defined at the very beginning. So we could constantly go back to why are we here? Um, why are we doing this? And, and, and really keep ensuring that we could constantly refocus, um, learn to take projects in a timescale that is that is achievable, um, and, and you know being best in market is is better than being first in market sometimes. Um, so so their learnings um, as as I look back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and what what would what would you want for your your kids? I mean, what what sort of career would you want for them? Would you encourage them to be sort of following your footsteps and sort of tread those entrepreneurial uh, paths? I would encourage them to just live their dreams, be passionate about something, find yourself, find your why. Um, you know, I, I keep talking about why, and there's a fantastic book by Simon Sinek called Start with Why, and really that's. It's a business book, and I've used it a lot within Ella's and, and amplified it. It's, it's, it's constantly asking ourselves, why are we here? Why does Ella's Kitchen exist? It doesn't exist to produce the next pouch or the next type of baby food. It exists for that mission that I keep articulating. But I, I encourage my kids to think about their why and why they're here and why they, why they, why they can implement, use their life to change the world or self-fulfill themselves and and it's about finding what that why is for them so i just want them as any parent does to be happy to be fulfilled but it's it doesn't just happen to you you've got to search for your why and then then find the thing that you're passionate about and fulfill that we live one life is my sort of thoughts and and you know nobody's to blame except yourself if you get to the end of that life and you've not done so many things that you wanted to do that that was your choice um so um i think i think we too much in our society um concentrate on economic output and economic value we put an economic value on everything and there are things that you shouldn't put economic value on and um you know we can have the uh the focus on countries gdp as a mark of success well you know that's because well, I'd hope it's because we can't put a, it's very difficult to put a value on happiness and that is so so important Suc- economic success can bring happiness 
but it's subservient to happiness and we can create happiness by creating wealth and doing stuff with that wealth which is how i believe businesses should contribute to our economy and, and our economy can, should contribute to our society so i would love my children mm. to you know, learn from the things that i've done and how i've enjoyed my last 10 or 15 years by taking a risk and doing something that i love and seeing the impact that that can have on other people and on aspiration and um and uh and, and find their own why and do something with their lives that can help other people like that yeah it's so true and presumably you're you've got a youngest child that, that is now saying dad look start another business use my name this time right well he's lucky that we've already done that and he did that he did when he was four he said do you think they i love the way he said they do you think they will create a um paddy's kitchen and (laughs) um and what what i've started in the last couple of years is a startup called paddy's bathroom um which is which is Mm -hmm. taking the um the, the the trust that Ella's Kitchen has with a with a consumer group and 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 addressing a different problem or challenge or worry that they have around their children's development and that's around hygiene and around the fact that many uh, brands and products of children's toddlers toiletries and babies toiletries have some th- synthetic and 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 chemical uh, ingredients in there that really can be harsh on skin and um, have have their, their growth of those things has coincided with the uh, growth of uh, eczema and, and skin issues with young children in our society. Um, so we've created a brand Paddy's Bathroom, which is of natural and gentle yet fun and playful uh, products uh, like shampoos and bubble baths and hand washers. Um, for, for the bathroom for toddlers and babies right. um, <clears throat> with the same sort of value set as uh, as Ella's has had. So it's a startup, um, but its mission is all around hygiene and providing um, fun. Uh, it's, it's as fun to get clean as it was to get dirty. And its social mission is driven by the fact that we create clean water for um, a, a drop of clean water for every drop of water that is used with our products from, from our, by our consumers uh, for children in Africa where safe clean water isn't available. And in the uh, just over 18 months um, since we, we launched um, through the UK supermarkets, we've created safe clean water for over 70,000 children in Africa through our drop by drop program. So again, we're trying to create wealth, create profits in a business and do something with those profits that help um, our societies. And so, and, so, and so the adventure, so the adventure continues. continues. The adventure continues, yes. Luckily, I've only got two children, so um, <laughs> yeah. the dog is going to be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Paul Lindley there, founder and now chairman of Ella's Kitchen. Amazing what you can achieve in 10 years, eh? Uh, awesome example of a company sticking very close to its guns and finding success by doing so. Thanks, Paul, for sharing your story. Uh, and as ever, you know, let me know what you think of Paul, of Ella's Kitchen, of Paddy's Bathroom, uh, about the show in general. You can connect with me on Twitter, at Tom Idle, or LinkedIn, just search for Tom Idle at Narrative Matters. Or you can comment on the page within our show notes on the website. Uh, But that's it for another week here on The Better Business Show. Don't forget to sign up to our newsletter. Just hit the big box at the top of the homepage on the website. Give us your email address. 
Uh, and of course, so that you don't miss an episode, head over to iTunes or SoundCloud and subscribe to the show. And while you're there, give us a five-star rating and a review. That'd be lovely. Uh, anyway, I hope you enjoy this week's show. Until next time, goodbye. <laughs>